Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. Today's guest was, I don't know if I've ever had, she's a photographer, let me just start there, and I don't know if I've specifically had not just a photographer on the podcast, but specifically someone who, a photographer who teaches entrepreneurs how to up-level their photo game, essentially. And I love this conversation. I think there is such a need for this. This is something that so many of my clients and people that are considering really diving full-time into their business ask me about, you know, do I need to pay for professional photos? I don't have photos. And personally, I really don't think that it's necessary. I have had quite a number of photo shoots at this point, but I did not start that way in my business at all. And these days with the tools that we have available to us, just, you know, on your average smartphone, you can take truly beautiful brand photos just, you know, at home with a tripod with what you already have. And so having our guest today, her name is Amy on the podcast to talk about that was amazing. But I always say to my, um, guests that, you know, before we start recording, I say, I really just want these conversations to be as organic as possible. I find the best ones are the ones that we just allow for whatever it is that people are calling forth right now, whatever it is that the listeners of this episode need to hear is going to come through us. And that was, you know, very much present in today's conversation as well. We started off talking about photo taking in your business and tips for doing that. And Amy had incredible tips to share with you guys. But then we went into this conversation of just, you know, a massive permission slip of an episode where we both really mirrored each other's beliefs about allowing things to be easy, removing the rules that you place on yourself within your business, giving yourself space and time away from just showing up constantly on, on, uh, social media, doing all the things and how important that is. And, you know, Amy is, and and the success of her business is a testament to how truly when you take a step back, sometimes that's when things really move forward in your business. It's not half the time. It's not about the action that you're taking, actually more than half the time, it's not about the action that you're taking, but specifically when you take that step back from taking so much action, that's when a lot of things get to start falling into place. So my guest, as I said, her name is Amy, uh, Amy Eaton, and she is a product and brand photographer turned educator, teaching makers, artists, and creative entrepreneurs how to take gorgeous photos for their businesses. Through her signature, no muss, no fuss teaching style, her students learn exactly what they need to know through clear, simple steps, which enables them to take gorgeous brand and product photos quickly and easily. These beautiful images enable her students to successfully stand out and build connections in the online space. All right, you guys. So I'm really excited to share with you guys this episode today. I hope that you enjoy it. Make sure to go and give Amy a follow because I know that her content is something that is really needed as so many people are not just entering into the online coaching and course creation space uh, and just the entrepreneur space in general, especially over this last year and a half and the clarity that it's that it's brought so many of us, um, but also scaling their income, scaling their reach, scaling their message, branding, audience, uh, and the photos that you take are just such a huge part of that. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to this. Without further ado, here's my interview with photographer and educator, Amy Eaton. You're listening to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Saunders. I'm a business and manifestation mentor for modern entrepreneurs who know that deep down, there's a better, smarter, and easier way to manifest the next level success they desire. On this podcast, we explore a very different approach to growing your business and income quickly, and it has nothing to do with hustling hard or discovering the perfect marketing strategy. By understanding the power of my thoughts and training myself to think in energetic alignment with the reality that I desired, I went from teacher to 20 and $30,000 months in just two years in my online business. If there's one thing I know to be true, it's that we're each vastly capable of creating hugely successful businesses that light us up and set us free. I'm here to share with you the knowledge and strategies needed to manifest the success you want. I truly believe that you can become, create, and achieve anything you desire, and it's just a matter of changing your thoughts in order to change your life. So let's get started. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. Amy, thank you so much for being here today. Welcome. Thank you. This is really a pleasure. I'm super excited to be here to talk about just everything. 
Me too. And I was just looking at your Instagram and uh, just, I mean, I think this is going to be a really valuable um, discussion because this is something I get questions from people about a lot. But I also know that you bring, as you were saying just before, really like the energy side of things. And uh, yeah, anyways, we're going to dive into all of that. But um, before we get started, maybe you could just give us a little intro to who you are and what it is that you do as an entrepreneur. Sure. Well, my name's Amy. <laughs> I'm from Nova Scotia, Canada, and I have been a photographer for many years in different capacities. And about four years ago, I shifted my focus from taking photos to teaching photography mm-hmm. to entrepreneurs specifically, especially the product-based kind of handmade maker artist community, Mm. people who sell on Etsy and things like that. Uh, Really, it's so important to have those great photos of products online, but taking those photos, not so straightforward. Uh, So I decided to create, you know, uh, programming courses, workshops, and things like that, that really focuses on keeping things simple as possible because uh, it's such an overwhelming topic and it can be really intimidating. And there's not a lot of people out there teaching photography in a way that just is, is easy. So I made it my mission to make it as easy and accessible for people as possible. And that brings me to now. Um, I've also uh, branched out to do a little bit of brand photography teaching as well. Um, but that is the gist of me at this juncture. I love it. And this comes up uh, all the time, questions I get from people about, you know, how do I take photos for my business or do I need to pay for photo shoots? And at the beginning of your business, especially, that's not probably where I would recommend people invest their money in terms of, you know, getting support just because it. I don't know. I think that with the tools available today, and I'm sure you're going to you know, enlighten us with all of your your knowledge. Um, I just think like there's so much that we can do and learn on our own, but you're right that it's not straightforward at all. And uh, I, I love that you were a photographer and you had this skill and you've transferred that because I just feel as a coach and course creator, and I specifically help a lot of course creators, I just feel like everybody with a with a valuable skill needs to share it with other people. And this niche of helping entrepreneurs with photography is actually one I've talked to a couple of my photographer friends about where I'm like, I really think this is something you should be teaching people. So I love having you on the podcast uh, because you've already figured that out. And I think it really is a source of empowerment for me when I love the photos that I've had taken or that you know I've taken myself. It really makes a big difference in how I show up and how I feel about promoting myself. So I would love to know what your background was. Were you always a photographer or, uh, you know, were you always an entrepreneur? Is it something that sort of evolved over time for you? It evolved for sure. I fell into, you know, in my early adulthood, fell into the trap of, I need to have a job that is quote (laughs) secure and I need to have a pension and I need to have benefits and all of this. And, um, and I, so I went to university, which was an, an amazing experience. And I learned so many, so many things there, probably more outside of the classroom than I did inside the classroom. But I, I don't know what I was thinking at the time in terms of the direction for my life. I must've been a very different person then because <laughs> I decided to take, uh, I took a bachelor's degree, uh, in child and youth studies, which I did for then 10 years after, after university, I worked in that field in children's mental health, child protection. There is a side of me that is still that person. And, and there were times that I definitely enjoyed that work, but there was more times that I was dreaming about not having to do that work anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Photography is something I've always loved my whole life. And it never clicked to me early on that it could be a career. It, for some reason, that never it never seemed realistic. It never seemed like mm. something that a person could do, especially I am from small town, rural Nova Scotia. I didn't know if I would spend my whole life here, but I wanted to be able to live here if I wanted to. I was worried that I couldn't possibly be a photographer working, making money, 
in a small town like this, it never occurred to me that it could be an option. So mm-hmm. I, I, I just didn't, I just did it as a hobby for a really long time. And then, you know, shortly after graduating from university, for some reason, that was a great time, you know, $50,000 worth of student loans, be a photographer now. <laughs> uh, but so I, I did do some apprenticeships at that time with working photographers and it was wonderful. I got so much experience and it was a lot of fun and I loved it. And then I, I continued to work as a photographer on the side for a long time, about not quite 10 years, about eight years. I worked with, with as a photographer on the side of my job, working various, you know, different things in working with children and families. It was kind of my decompression time <laughs> right. from a stressful job. Uh, but then I had, I really was working hard to try to get out of that job and find a, a kind of a, just find my traction and get some, get my footing and make enough money. And there was a lot of that kind of scarcity mindset that I was experiencing. And I just didn't have the belief in myself to make it happen. And I just wasn't sure what path I wanted to take. So all my attempts to go full-time weren't very successful. Um, I ended up moving to a new city. I moved to Toronto, which is the biggest city in Canada and met my husband, my now husband. And I was working this horrible day job. It was the worst I've ever had. It was (laughs) the kind where I just drove to work and was like, if I get hurt on the way to work, maybe I don't have to go to work. (laughs) You know, all those things you think when you have a great day job, right? Um, (laughs) And, and eventually it got to a point where it was really bad. It was a really toxic environment. And it wasn't just the type of work. It was a coworker I was paired with. It was a really nasty experience. And, um, I, I was just at the end of my rope with the whole thing. I was ready to be done. And I think I got the, the piece for me is my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, um, was really supportive and said, you know, I'm not going to let you you know, be homeless or anything like <laughs> we'll make it work. And my mother also yeah. was like, I, this is, you wanted this for a long time. And this is a really bad situation. I'll, I'll make sure you're not homeless. Like together we'll all support you and make sure that if you don't have enough money to get day by day, we are going to take care of you, you know? And I hated that idea <laughs> as generous <laughs> as it was. Um, but, but it was, a, it was enough. Like it was kind of a safety net, I guess. And it made me feel like I could, I could do that and there wouldn't be any kind of catastrophic outcomes. (laughs) So I, I did, I quit and it took me a whole other year, uh, to figure out where I was going with it. At the time I'd actually kind of taken a step back from photography. So I wasn't sure if I wanted anything to do with photography. I wanted to go a different direction. Um, I pieced together an income for the first year doing photography, like second shooting weddings and stuff like that. Cause I didn't really have a client base. I was in a new city and, um, but I was able to make it work. And then I just, you know, it was kind of the beginning when online courses were becoming a thing and were becoming kind of more known about that it was an option. And I had already done some workshops for makers in with product photography. I'd been doing primarily product photography, um, on my own, like while I was working in that city for that year, I was getting photography clients and they were product and brand photography. And I had done that, uh, as well before I moved and loved it. Like that was, I I absolutely loved doing that kind of work, working with businesses. And I'd run some workshops with a friend and I knew that people were so hungry for this information and so grateful for any kind of tips that I could give them to help them with their own photography. So that's when it all fell into place for me that I needed to make this online course. Um, that I could provide for makers, no matter where in the world they live, they could access this information. And that's how it was all born. Mm. Long story, but that's how it was born. No, no, I I know that (laughs) the unfolding of our businesses is something you could write a whole book about, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Well, I love that. And um, I'd actually love to know from your perspective, what is the importance of you know photos that we feel good about and photos that accurately represent perhaps whatever it is that our, our product or service is for business owners and entrepreneurs. So the importance of having those kinds of photos online is 
I don't want to say everything. It's almost everything. <laughs> it's almost everything. I call it, especially for product-based business, and I think that the same can absolutely be said for service providers, is that it's not that the photos that you have for your business are the vehicle for you making money, but they're the gatekeepers. If you have really great professional-looking photos then people will feel like they can walk in. It's like your virtual storefront. If someone's walking down the street and they see a shop and it's super cute and they can tell there's like really cute stuff inside, window displays look great, signage looks really professional, like they're probably gonna go in and check it out. But if you walk down the street and you see a shop that's like kind of shoddy and the sign's falling off and it hasn't been painted in about 10 years, it looks really rough, you're probably walking past. And that's the difference yeah. between professional looking. And, and I say professional looking because they don't have to be taken by a professional. You can do it yourself, but they have to look professional. They have to look like you. They have to be representative of your brand and your business. Um, and then you can start to let everyone know how amazing you are. Yes, I completely agree. And um, do you have a few sort of like go-to tips for people that are you know, just starting to take photos or perhaps wanting to take better photos of themselves or of their products? Lighting is by far the most important thing to always kind of keep in mind. It is the thing that makes, that literally creates a photo. Um, That is how photos are created through the light and the relationship that light has with things in the scene. So good light is important. I recommend avoiding direct light. That's the light that broad daylight, like out in the middle of an open field with the sun beating down on you, that's direct light and it's really harsh and it creates really harsh shadows. Um, So that is not the kind of lighting you'd want to pursue for sure. And same with like using the flash on your camera. Those are typically not something that you'd ever want to do um, because they create those really harsh shadows Mm -hmm. and bright highlights and they just it's kind of a red flag for this not being a super professional photo um those are the biggest ones and then other than that uh let's let's all agree that we won't do the selfie thing anymore okay (laughs) (laughs) hey like i mean if you want to pop one up in your instagram stories by all means absolutely but for business like for your you know headshot on your website or if you want to talk about your business on Instagram and put up a photo. Let's not do the selfie thing. We can self portraits are a yes. Mm. <laughs> the selfies, of course, the ones that I'm talking about where you're kind of holding your arm out and it's kind of an awkward angle. Um, and those, you know, th- they're cute. And, and it's fine if you're kind of putting up a photo on your Instagram and you're going to talk about um, something fun, like your fun weekend or whatever, that's a little bit different, but in a, in a capacity where it's going to represent you and your business, um, a tripod would be a great way to go plan it out a little bit more, make sure that lighting looks great, put in a little extra effort and that's going to, to go a long way. Yes. I did a couple sort of like lockdown photo shoots at home because I was like really out of photos and it was the middle of winter. I'm in Toronto. Okay. Um, yeah. And, uh, but a tripod, you know, with a timer on it and then just a little bit of like thought about arranging things. And like, I got some great photos that really got me through the winter, but I agree. Like the selfie thing, I'll pop a selfie up very occasionally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, but it's really like, okay, I'm desperate and I just need to get my message out there today. Like I think these days with technology, there's so much that you can do outside of a selfie, <laughs> you know, Absolutely. even just on your own. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. We have, all have self timers, whether it be on our iPhone or our camera or whatever. And there's, a, there's some tricks, you know, we have to practice. There can be a little trial and error involved, but it's worth it. It's worth it to get those photos that just look a little bit more intentional, a little bit more thought out and, you know, people may not have even known that you took those yourself. I bet they couldn't even tell the difference a lot of the time. And that's pretty cool. That's empowering, I think. And I think like with iPhones or just, you know, smartphones these days, um, I often really like the photos that my phone takes sometimes over like what a proper camera takes just (laughs) because of the way it, I don't know, it like, it does so much of the work for you. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, you had spoken previously before we started recording just about, you know, the energy behind your photos. And we talk on this podcast all the time about the importance of how you feel about your business, about your content, your messaging, specifically about your products and services. Cause I just believe that 
the whole world is a mirror. And when you really believe in something, when you really feel good about something, that's when that's going to be reflected back to you. How do you personally view that when it comes to photography specifically? Well, I agree with that concept entirely so much because I think that's why I struggled for so long because uh, I wasn't projecting that out into the world to come back to me. But with photography, especially if you don't have those photos in place that you can share with pride that help you connect with your ideal customers or clients that that don't represent your virtual storefront very well. Someone goes to your about page. It's going to make you shrink a little and it's not going to make you hide a little, and Mm. you're not going to have that same confidence in pursuing those things that you want from an energetic standpoint. I mean, photography in some ways is energy. And if you don't have great energy showing up on your website, on your Instagram feed, then it makes you feel like you don't want to show up as much that you're not maybe deserving of the business as much that maybe you're not as professional as you could be or whatever. And from a consumer's point of view, from either a client or customer perspective, when somebody goes to your website or to your Instagram and doesn't see those photos, they start to question things like, is this person legitimate? Are they really going Mm. to deliver? Are they going to take my money and run? Like they didn't even invest in proper photos for themselves. You know, are they going to invest in me? Like, why should I invest in them if they won't invest in themselves? And these are all, if not conscious questions, people ask subconscious, certainly. Um, and, And yeah, not something to be overlooked for sure. I completely agree with you. I used to coach people, um, business owners in the sort of aesthetics industry. And I would say this all the time. I was like, the way that you're doing your, your photos that represent your business is the way that people are going to imagine and that you probably are doing the services themselves. Like if I'm going to you know, an aesthetician's, uh, specifically this was lash artists a few years ago. I'm going to a lash artist Instagram and I can tell she hasn't really taken the time to make her photos look good. Why on earth would I believe that she was going to take time to make my lashes look good? Right. (laughs) And, and like, and every single time that's always been true where, you know, so I love that you brought that up when you're taking the time to represent yourself, you are consciously and unconsciously communicating with your potential clients and people coming across your content that you care. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And I don't think it can be underestimated either. I can't tell you how many times I have thought about hiring somebody for something and gone to their website and not seen a photo Mm -hmm. that looked professional or saw a photo that clearly wasn't professional that made me not hire that person. It's with the whole judge a book, you know, don't judge a book by their cover. That does not apply to online business. <laughs> People absolutely judge the books by their covers. Well, and I think like it makes sense because again, if you're not, if you don't care enough about the cover, why would you care about what what's in the pages that I'm paying for? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Um. So you'd spoken a little bit about you know taking photos that were true to you or that represented you. Um, and I'm hearing sort of like, you know, photos that are authentic to you, to your brand, to the product, whatever it is that you are offering people. Do you have any like sort of anything to say about that or any tips around that? Or just what does it mean for you to represent yourself authentically through the photos that you take and choose to put out into the world? I have a lot to say on this topic. Okay, perfect. (laughs) I I don't need to go way down the road, but, uh, I really, really want to see more authentic photos in social media. I think that we all do, right? Mm -hmm. And especially when you're representing your business, people, you're you're working on developing that no like, and trust factor. We've all heard about the no like, and trust factor, right? Uh, It's so important to have that and to have people, either customers or clients who are finding you on social media, who are finding you on your website, who are listening to your content, whether it be podcasts or watching YouTube videos, they should be developing a sense that they know you and they like you and they mm-hmm. trust you. And that trust piece and that like piece, that needs to come from a place of realness. People can't feel like they know and trust someone if 
the they're only sharing stock photos because that's not representative of them really at all. Maybe a little bit about kind of their brand aesthetic, but that's as far as it goes. And they're not feeling a connection with anybody. So they're not building that kind of trust factor. And you may still be able to get some work without those authentic, real representative representation of you online. But if you if you don't have them, it will be a lot harder, I think. And if you do have those kinds of authentic, real photos of you online, you are going to be able to excel even more. You're going to turn these followers into almost like fans, people who feel like they're your friends. Mm-hmm. And the other piece to it as well, for me especially, and I really gravitate towards accounts that have a lot of realness and authenticity in them. Um, it gives you permission to be yes. also real. And it doesn't make you feel like you're being held to a standard that is unrealistic. I know, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic, people were out getting bombarded with all these messages like, hey, you have all this free time now. Think of all these things you can do. You, Your business can be whatever. You can grow it now. You have this time. And there were a lot of people who just were online feeling like, I, I'm, tra- I'm traumatized. Like, I can't do this right now. And feeling like they were not adequate enough or they weren't doing enough or they just felt like they should be doing all of these things and they couldn't. And it was, I think a lot of the entrepreneurs who were going all on and saying, just want you to know, you don't have to do anything right now. Like if you make it through the day, that's good. Like you've done well, (laughs) no pressure. Like in, I know I posted a couple of things like that because I was certainly really feeling it. And I got a huge response. Like it really resonated with people. They were waiting for somebody in that space to tell them it's okay to not meet these expectations right now or ever, by the way, but certainly not right now. And I think sharing that and putting that out there for people strengthens that connection. It makes them more, you know, quote, in love with you and want to engage with your content and hopefully, you know, become a client or become a customer. Yes. I I actually love that you brought this up because I was looking through your Instagram before and I specifically made uh, a note to talk about a couple of the posts that you had made on this topic of, you know, giving yourself space. And one in particular where you're talking about, you know, these messages you see online that are, you need to do this and you need to stand for this and you need to show up all the time. And like, anytime I see stuff like that, it just like, I know for me, like I'm full-time in my business and I know what it's like to really show up. And I still don't like the messages of someone else telling me what I have to do, especially during a pandemic, as you said. Mm. Um, and I like, we, it's the most important thing is that we really take care of our mental health. But I think for business owners and entrepreneurs that comes with, you know, it, it's necessary to develop a belief system that it's okay to take a break from your business, from your social media, from showing up like crazy. And my experience has certainly been that I can take a break and the business is still there when I come back, you know, or I can choose for two weeks just to serve my existing clients. Uh, I don't need to be constantly feeding more and more content out. Like I, I think we create this, this impossible standard for ourselves that says post every single day, be consistent for the rest of your life. Otherwise people will lose interest. <laughs> I would oh love to hear God. from you as someone, especially who helps people to create content, what your relationship is with not just taking a break, but taking a break or taking a step back and knowing that that's okay, that it's, that it, it actually gets to serve your business rather than hinder it. Absolutely. I had such a good conversation of, on with somebody on my podcast the other day about this because it, it, there is kind of, you have to take those times. Those That should be a natural built-in part of your business when you take a break and a step back, whether it's for a week or whether it's for the weekend or it's for a couple of months, whatever it is that you need. Yeah. If you need to take that time, you absolutely must. And it's not just to prevent burnout, which we hear about all the time. It's like you said, trying to meet that impossible standard is the quickest way to burn out and just quit. But in acknowledging that part of having a business and being an entrepreneur means that there are times when you will rest. And that doesn't mean quit. It just means rest. And that could be like completely unplugging and going on vacation and not even checking our email 
or just doing the bare minimum for a little while until you're ready to jump back in. And oh, it's so important to allow yourself that time. I'm really anti-hussy. Anti, sorry, let me try to say this. Why is it such a hard <laughs> word? Anti-hussle. There we go. <laughs> yeah. um, I, and I love that there are times when I guess I do quote hustle and those are times when it's necessary and I have the energy for it. But Mm -hmm. the idea that as an entrepreneur, you have to do that 24 seven, are we at a point now where we've rejected that as a, as an entrepreneur community? Do you think? (laughs) Um, I feel like people do understand it, but we still in a lot of the time intrinsically have this like fear-based belief system that doesn't always like, I know that hustle is not necessary. And there's still times when I'm like, am I doing enough? Like it's old programming comes up. Right. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, it kind of just hidden away in the back of our minds that we must be doing all of these things. But I, you know, I started this business when my son was only a couple of months old and I knew I didn't want to have a business that was going to keep me working, you know, 12 hours a day. I, I wanted to spend time with him and my family. And, and that was important to me. And that was one of the perks of having my own business in my mind. So I, will be really upfront. This is going to be possibly wildly unpopular <laughs> for people to hear, but I don't really work that much like compared to no, some people. I love it. Yeah, I don't. I, I, you know, I'm really happy with how my business goes, uh, how it is going. I have amazing plans for future. I can't wait to dive into, but especially during this pandemic, if I work four hours a day, it's a miracle. And <laughs> But all summer long, I've been really struggling a lot with uh, motivation, which never happens to me, but um, also with a lot of anxiety. I think a lot of people are feeling like as things, restrictions are starting to lift post-pandemic, there is a ton of anxiety. There's a lot of stress and stuff like that. So I, I was really struggling this summer and I took a hard step back. I still was, you know, I still kept in contact with my students to make sure their questions were answered. I was still doing some podcast planning and, you know, planning and and preparing for the fall and how it was going to go and and dreaming and, you know, taking that time to really think about how I will expand my business and move forward. But in terms of the kind of that content grind, I really took a, a big step back and just kind of posted on Instagram here or there. And I've done that now for two months. And I got to a point where I was really worried about, you know, because I'm kind of trying to honor that, you know, I I really work intuitively and I try not to push myself if I'm not feeling it and kind of try to think about why I'm not feeling it and so on and so forth. So I was starting to worry that, um, you know, because I'm the sole breader. My husband quit his job. He was, he was in the military. He left his job in March of 2019 to stay home because my business was at a point where it could support us both. And he wanted to be involved as well. Um, So there's a lot of pressure there, obviously, to to keep it up. And I was worried. And then we look back at our, uh, you know, kind of how much we made over that couple of months that I took back. And we had two really great months (laughs) from a financial standpoint. Like we did really well. And and that was um, surprising. I'm not going to lie. But also permission, I guess, to be able to do that. And that was what I was going to say next was I I have so many clients, myself included, who have had the experience where when they give themselves space, you know, that's when things actually get to just flow on your behalf because you're not in, like whenever we're in the business, which is obviously necessary, but the more we're in the business, the more we're thinking about the business, the more that we're, you know, worried about it, the more that we're essentially offering it resistance, not all the time, but it's when you actually just take yourself out of it for a little while that you let things, you know, show up for you, so to speak. And actually, I'd love to know what your business model looks like such that you can work a couple hours a day and have it continue to grow for you. Well, part of it is that I have grown my business to a point that I now have a small team. So that makes Mm -hmm. a really big difference. I have an amazing assistant, Megan, who takes care of all of my inquiries, takes care of my student admin support stuff. She deals with all of the customer support 
things on a day-to-day basis. So I'm lucky to not have to do that anymore. That's a big part of it for sure. <laughs> Cause there's yeah. kind of like bare maintenance in your business that you have to keep up with, like returning emails and making sure that people who have, you know, paid money for something are taken care of and that kind of thing. So I'm lucky to have people in my corner now who can do that. And I have a social media assistant who uh, helps me keep, you know, momentum on my Facebook and my Pinterest and stuff like that. Um, so that is part of it for sure. And the other part of it is I have honed over time, my ability to work very efficiently in a very small, uh, point in time. Like I can get quite a lot done. Four hours seems like a lot of time for me. I can get a lot done in four hours. And part of it is the fact that I have two kids who are four and two. So we, you know, you, I think when you have young kids or, or whatever, you've have a tendency to really be able to cram a lot of stuff into a very small period of time when you just have a moment. Um, so that has, that has helped. And I, I'm really intentional about the time that I work. I, turn do not disturb on, on my phone. So I'm not on, um, getting notifications. I don't go on Instagram or social media during that time. Uh, I have very specific goals written down for the week. And then every day I have goals, uh, every quarter I have goals and they're all connected to each other. So my intention is very specific when I am working. Um, I really believe in focusing your energy on not everything, but just a couple of things Mm -hmm. that you enjoy and that you feel good about. Like one content platform, one social media platform. I focus on, well, I'm a bit of a liar here because I'm expanding, but um, for a long time, it was just YouTube and just Instagram. Um, That's me personally. My, My assistant Giselle does uh, post for me on Facebook and Pinterest, of course, but, uh, as a, my energy exists on Instagram and it exists on YouTube. Um, and I now also have my podcast. So going into the fall, I had planned to do both weekly episodes on my YouTube and my podcast, but I just recently decided that I think that's too much for me energetically. And I've now, I'm now going to alternate weeks so that it's one YouTube video and the next week will be podcast and so on and so forth. So I think managing my ambition is important as well because I don't want to burn out. I don't want to take on more than I can keep up with that I can be consistent with. And it takes some time, I think, to learn that. I certainly did in the beginning. I wanted to take on a lot. I had a lot of great ideas that I'd start that didn't get finished. Um, And now I try to really focus on things that are achievable without me having to give up my life and, you know, not see my kids for days on end or, you know, work constantly and things like that. I did literally the exact same thing. (laughs) I had like content that I specifically was creating for like, oh my gosh, it was just ridiculous. The number of platforms and sometimes even like multiple Facebook groups and like, yeah, it was, and, and I completely agree with you that you know, you really need to focus. Now what I recommend for clients when they're getting started in their business is like choose, yeah, usually one kind of like search engine based platform like YouTube or Pinterest and Instagram. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, as you, if you do decide to expand, have help with that expansion. Um, Because the more that we divide our energy up, the less results we get in each one of those spaces anyways. (laughs) Absolutely. Exactly. Um, and actually on that topic, I don't know if this is something you have experience or tips with, but I know something that comes up a lot for entrepreneurs is the fear of visibility and, uh, you know, putting themselves out there, even if it's just a a product, even if they're not necessarily the face of their brand, I speak to a lot of people who are, and there's definitely not just a hurdle there, but but multiple hurdles. Like as your audience grows, it requires you to get more and more comfortable being seen. Yeah. And that can be tough. I I remember before I decided that I was going to do this, there was a, it was a weird time of year, but, um, just before I started down my course creation, course creation journey, I had this Instagram account where I would post just really portfolio photos. I didn't really post any photos of myself. I didn't post anything personal and, you know, I'm kind of more of an introvert, And I I just felt like maybe, you know, who, who really cares? And did I really want to share all these details with people on the internet? So 
But I got to a point where I thought if my, if my job's going to be on the internet, I think at this point I had kind of an inkling that this is where I was headed. But if, if I'm, if my world is going to be on the internet and my, my, my people, the people I'm going to teach, then maybe this is the time for me to start pushing myself. And I, I really, I even, I think I'm, posted an Instagram post about the fact that I was going to push myself to be more visible. And I think you just have to do it. It's kind of like one, the more you do it, the easier it is for sure. I mean, it depends on your comfort level, I guess, but for me, it, it took a little while, but the more I shared, the more people responded and people were responding way more to these photos that me talking about kind of my behind the scenes, personal life photos of myself. I mean, the engagement on those were through the roof compared to a portfolio photo. So that for me was an indication that people do want to hear from me. They, they do want to know what's going on and they like it when I share. And that's only been further encouraged you know, over the last few years, the more I talk about things like when I'm really stuck in a creative rut or I'm struggling with my mental health, those are the, those are the kinds of things that people connect with the most and engage with the most that makes me feel kind of, I guess, validated in being visible. People do want to see me show up even when, if it's uncomfortable, but then we have such an amazing dialogue where people talk about how they're grateful that I shared that and how they've been feeling that way too, but they haven't known how to talk about it. And, you know, it, it, you don't have to get super personal either, by the way, it's not for everyone. Um, but I think that the more that you can share, the more you gain, the more you're going to gain from not just in terms of business and growth, but in feeling good about connecting with people and the people who you serve. Yes. Um, and I've had the exact same experience where, yeah, like the more I, the, one of my most sort of commented on posts was a couple months ago where I said like, you know, I just deleted two thirds of my email list because I didn't really feel like those people were, you know, in my target audience anymore. And I decided I didn't want to do discovery calls. People can message me on Instagram. And, and I just made this like <laughs> list of all the things that I just don't want to do anymore. And I, it was sort of just one of those offhanded, you know, I didn't really think that much about the post. And the response I got, I was so blown away by, but also it makes perfect sense because what we all really want is, you know, that permission slip. But as you said, permission to be our authentic selves and to not have to, I think we create this story in our head by looking at what other people are doing, that we need to be perfect and in all the places and all the times and have, you know, it all figured out in order to be successful, in order to keep the success. And it's really not the case. You get to be a human being. You get to be mm-hmm. yourself and thrive as a result. Yes. there are, it. Yes. A hundred percent. Yes. Everyone listen to that and say it <laughs> and listen to it back again and really internalize what that means. Because I see those entrepreneurs who are highly successful, you know, like multi-million dollar entrepreneurs who are posting on Instagram who don't really share that side mm-hmm. of them. And obviously they're still doing well, but when I see somebody post who is sharing something that's very real, maybe even a little raw, there are so many people who post and say, I wish people would talk about this more. Thank you for saying this. This really means so much to me to read this from somebody. And all everybody just wants is to feel like they're not alone (laughs) and that they're not the only person who feels like they don't want to do discovery calls anymore. Um, which is great because I also, as, as like a person on the flip side of that, I don't want to do them either, (laughs) (laughs) but like, yeah, I just really, but there's so many things and sometimes we don't even realize it, but there's so many things that we're told as entrepreneurs that we quote should do like discovery calls, um, where we really need to, if it doesn't feel good, we really need to take a step back and evaluate if that's something that you need to do, if you really aren't feeling it and being cognizant of the fact that just because quote, they, whoever they are, you know, the, the gurus (laughs) say that you need to do X, Y, and Z does not mean that you have to do X, Y, and Z. They forge their own path. That's how they have those figures and numbers. You can forge your own too. And not everyone has to be the same. Yes. I it, like it's b- about what you believe. So if you can get your beliefs behind really taking it easy, letting things be so simple and having them work, then that will be reflected back to you. And uh, I mean, I think those people that that share that like you need to do this and it needs to look like this and you need to be in all the places, 
they have success, but almost within sort of like the old paradigm way of doing things. Like they're letting that sort of scarcity mindset dictate what their success has to look like. Whereas, you know, the people listening to this podcast and sort of the, I don't know, I guess the new paradigm way of looking at things is that like you started your business to have more freedom, right? To have a four hour workday be like a crazy busy day for you. (laughs) That's why we got started in the first place. So I just love that you're sharing that message, especially as someone that teaches a specific strategy, you know, where photography is concerned to also not kind of, uh, push on people your way as being the way that you have to, and like contributing to that should conversation. Oh yeah. And I, I try to be really conscious of that whole should conversation. Like I really, I use a DSLR camera. Obviously I'm a professional photographer. I'm always going to believe that they're the best cameras. They are the best cameras, (laughs) or at least they're better than a smartphone. But I have like, I pulled my audience recently and 74% of them are using a smartphone. So I'm not going to go on Instagram and be like, you should be using a DSLR camera. I'm going to say, Hey, you know what? You're not a professional photographer. You have a smartphone and that's what you want to use. So I'm going to figure out how I can teach you to use that in the best possible way. I mean, I just don't see the need to go on there and get up on my high horse and tell people what they need (laughs) or do. Um, I can talk about my experience and I'm honest with them and saying that you make it to a point where you feel the limitations of your smartphone. And maybe that'll be a time when you want to upgrade, but you can get started right now with this. And yeah, I just really think I'm all about that simplicity and not overcomplicating things. And uh, like listening to that on the receiving end of it, if I saw someone teaching entrepreneurs how to take photos the way that you do, and they said, you have to have a DSLR, I would immediately be disinterested in, because I'm, I'm just not going to go and buy, you know, thousands of dollars worth of a camera, you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. or spend thousands of dollars on a camera. I am going to follow someone such as yourself who says, Hey, I see what you've got and what's working for you. And let me help you build on that. Absolutely. Yeah. I want people to try with what they have first. And I think this can be applied to anything, not just photography. But, you know, if my students only have natural light, I'm going to work with them to figure out where the best natural light is in their home. And we're going to try a lot of different things before I say, okay, you should really probably invest in some lights. If they are really struggling and I think they need lights, I will 100% tell them that because I want them to be successful But I will say, first, let's try this and see how that goes. Or if somebody has an old, you know, camera that they want to try, I said, try it, try that first. Maybe it'll be perfect. It's all you need. Or maybe you'll decide that you need something different. And yeah, I mean, I just, there's so many things as business owners that we need to focus on and spend money on and work on that to me, I want photography to be simple so that they have Mm -hmm. more time and energy to distribute to those other things. Completely agree. And the things that, you know, really photography is so incredibly important, but having the $5,000 camera early on in your business is not. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's really not. Um, So yeah, I, I completely agree. I love that. And I just, I love having conversations like this one where it's just a permission slip for all of us to let things be easier, right? To honor what we actually feel called towards rather than trying to follow the impossible standards that somebody else, some guru is telling you, you, you know, you know, you must, uh, follow. And like the aligned entrepreneur, when I'm talking to people about strategy, it's always within a conversation of like, but what actually feels good to you? What do you believe? What resonates with you? And I say to all my clients at the beginning of working with them, no matter what I tell you or advise you to do, tell me when it doesn't resonate for you because it's not the right thing for you to go and do (laughs) regardless of where I'm at, you know, or what it is that we're working on, like develop this relationship with yourself and with your intuition and what feels good to you. And that's, what's going to lead you to success, you know, in a short of a period of time, like you said, paving your own way, paving your way. And in a shorter period of time, and also for longer term, something you can actually keep up with something that's sustainable for you. Love that. So, um, I would love to just ask you, you know, is there specific things you do in your business that are more from the mindset perspective, perhaps manifestation practices or just mindfulness practices, or do you sort of just, you know, flow and allow yourself to be led wherever it is that you are feeling called? I do a combination of both for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, I do, I'm very intuitive based when something isn't feeling great anymore. I start to evaluate maybe why it doesn't feel great or what else is 
what else is kind of sparking in my mind in the background of something that might be kind of tugging on my subconscious that I really want to do. My husband and I are in the middle of a startup, which is very early on. So I won't share details, but something that, that I was being called for, for a long time, uh, that I was putting off for a long time as well, <laughs> but here we are now I'm starting on it. But uh, so the, the intuitive piece is very, and kind of going with that flow is really, really important. But I also really strongly believe in the manifestation, uh, manifestation piece and not just putting it out into the world and it will happen, but putting it out into the world and then making a plan. Um, yes. I, I, in the beginning, and I know this, I, it, I know this to be true. I, for so long as a photographer, really just envisioned myself making just enough money so that I could leave my day job. It was very scarcity mindset. It was very, um, you know, if I make, you know, even if I make $20,000 a year less than I make now, I can still make it work. And if I had, maybe I could have a part-time job doing this and then I can take on this many clients. And it was just really, I had notebooks full of like, all these strategies for how I may be able to leave this job. Um, so I never really was honest about what I wanted for a business really. And what I, what I genuinely wanted, I didn't actually even want to do photography because what I wanted was to be able to live wherever I wanted to and to make a full-time living as a photographer in small town, Nova Scotia, which is where we live. Now we moved from Toronto back here. Um, that would have been, difficult, if not impossible. So I had to be honest with myself about that. I needed to build a business that did not require me to be in a specific location. And I wanted a business that meant my husband didn't have to work anymore in the military because that's a tough life. And, you know, I didn't want him, especially with our two kids, I didn't want him called away at a moment's notice, or, you know, I didn't know when he was going to get home from work because it could be, you know, four in the afternoon or it could be eight at night or later, who knows? Um, that's difficult. And I wanted that. So to be able to be honest with myself about all those things and then actually look at the numbers and know how much I had to make in order to make that happen. It was a shock and it was, I guess it wasn't a shock. I knew I was going to need to make a lot of money, but it sounded ridiculous, like absolutely absurd that I would ever make that kind of money. But, uh, I really, I got to a point where I just, you know, I was listening to a lot of inspirational podcasts and entrepreneur podcasts like this one. And I heard somebody say that you need to say out loud mm -hmm. how much money you want to make. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not just going to magically happen. You need to be honest with yourself and with the world and put it out there how much money you want to make, no matter how outrageous it sounds. And then you can start building a business that's going to get you there. So for me, that's what I did. I, I knew that I had to make it, you know, six figures, bare minimum, like that, you know, I had to hit at least a hundred thousand a year if I was going to achieve these things. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying that to my husband, I said, I'm, I'm going to make a hundred thousand a year, probably not, definitely not this year, probably not next year, but maybe the year after. And I did make it that next year. So it, it, it did happen. Like I said it out loud. I, and then I started building my course business. I was really intentional with my strategy and my plan for how I was going to scale it. And so I manifest, I said, this is what we're going to do. This is where I'm headed. This is what I want for our life. And my husband was still working at the time. And he was like, Oh, LOL, that would be fun to not have to work. Like he just thought it was a kind of, he, I think he believed I could support myself. I don't think he necessarily ever thought that I'd be supporting him too. Um, but yeah. And then it just, it, it happened. It happened. And, and if I had never been truthful about that and manifested that, then it wouldn't have happened. Yeah. And I just want to, um, I love that you're saying this because this is the way that I start all of my like online trainings that I do is I say it right in the comments of this video, what do you want? Like, what do you actually want? And I might have 50 people watching and maybe four of them will say, and it's like, I know that you each have goals because you wouldn't be spending your valuable time watching this right now if you didn't. But if you're not even willing to put it, you know, in a comment box on a video that is specifically about helping you to create it, you know, like I, I know that it's, it's, there's always, it's, us holding ourselves back and we've been really like sort of convinced 
that that's what we need to do or that, that we are limited. Mm-hmm. But really, you guys, like what Amy is highlighting for us here, which I just love, is how important it is for you to say out loud, this is what I want. Um, even if it feels completely impossible, it becomes possible the moment you decide, like, maybe it could be. Yeah. And why not you? Other people are doing yeah. it. I'm doing it. Other people are doing it. Like, I think that was for me when I was listening to a lot of these podcasts and seeing, you know, listening to a lot of different guests. And I was in kind of Facebook groups where there were a lot of entrepreneurs. And I saw that there were people who were doing it. And I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, if they can do it, they did it somehow. I just have to figure it out. (laughs) You know, and I, I just, I think having that belief in yourself, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen right away. It's going to take time, but there's literally no reason that you cannot get to that goal. You just have to say that's where you're going and then you'll start to put all the pieces together to get there. Yes. Yes. Um, I share my favorite quote, like, well, one of my favorite quotes all the time, which is by Neville Goddard. And he says, acceptance of the end wills the means to that end. So accepting that that six-figure income was possible for you, exactly as you just said, you know, made it possible for you and, and revealed the ways in which it was, even if you could not possibly have seen any of those avenues when you first set that goal. Yeah. The goal came first. And that's exactly exactly what that quote is all about is it was, it was the, the end that I had decided was going to happen. It's like, I knew how my book was going to end, although I can't, it's not ended yet. I now, I now have a new ending that I'm striving for. Exactly. But, um, (laughs) that's entrepreneurship. I was just going to say, we write multiple books. <laughs> we have many books, yeah. So that's yeah. volume two. But volume one, um, <laughs> I knew how that was going to end. And then I just needed to write the plot, basically, of how that was going to get to the ending and um, figure out. And then when I looked at that, I knew that, you know, I had to have something that I could scale up. I, you know, I probably I wasn't going to be working one-on-one. I wasn't going to make it to that kind of money by taking photography jobs. Like I, And then you, it also enables you to say no to the things that won't get you to your goal and yes to the things that will. And sometimes those no's aren't easy. You know, you may be turning down income. I know I did. I had to say no to jobs that paid me $20 an hour because that's not six figures a year. And I I needed that time to build what I needed to build to get to my financial goal. Yes. I just absolutely love that. And I wanted to know, Amy, where can people find you online? Instagram mostly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You can find me at amy.takes.pictures. I am there. um, I want to say regularly, depends on my mood as we (laughs) discussed. So I'm, I'm always, I'm always, I'm on Instagram every day. I may not post every day, but I'm there every day. Uh, And I absolutely will be posting more regularly soon, but I am taking some summertime to regroup after a massive update I did to my course in the spring knock me out Amazing. for a while, <laughs> but, um, I'm there and, uh, I absolutely loved to connect with people genuinely. Um, yeah. Instagram is not a marketing tool for me. I mean, I absolutely obviously share my, uh, my offerings there, but, uh, my, my purpose for using Instagram is to connect with people. So feel free to DM me and say hello. And if you, if you listen to this and you want to say, hi, I would love that. Um, I'm also uh, just on the web at amytakespictures.com. And that's where you can find out all of my details, including links to my podcast, which is called Bold Company. And it is on, uh, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my YouTube channel is Amy Eaton. And that's where I share a lot of photography tips and whatnot. Amazing. We're going to post all of those for you guys in the show notes. And uh, I really love this conversation, Amy. I often end with a question for my guests that I just find people have such beautiful answers to. If you could leave our guests or our listeners rather uh, with one thing today, maybe something that, you know, you're, that's top of mind for you or something you're currently discovering or just something you really want to shout from the rooftop, if you could, <laughs> what would that be? Well, if I'm imparting wisdom, uh, which mm-hmm. I'll, I'll attempt to do, I just, <laughs> in it very much in the same vein of what we've already talked about, is yeah. just, I just want more people to feel like they are completely worthy of mm-hmm. having the business of their wildest dreams, not the conservative dream that you think that you deserve or 
you know, that side hustle you think is the only thing. If it's in you, if you dream about it and you want it and you believe it, there is nothing stopping you from making it happen. Nothing. You can always find a way to make it work for you. And it's all just kind of waiting for you. It's hard to kind of be bold enough to say that's what you wanted to go out and get it. But that's usually just because people question whether they're capable or whether they're worthy. And I just want everyone to know that they are both. That is beautiful. I 1000% agree. (laughs) And I think that we'll end it there because I don't know, I just have all the vibes after that. So (laughs) um, thank you so much, Amy, uh, for the tips, for all the things. Make sure you guys check Amy out, uh, connect with her, especially those of you who are wanting to up-level your photography, your your branding in your business. I think it is such an invaluable use of your time and energy. And uh, yeah, thank you for your wisdom today, Amy. Thank you so much. This was such a fun conversation. It was. I, I li- every single episode that I have with an interview uh, with an interviewee, I just think this is my job. And so to just mirror <laughs> what you just said, it is so worth it, you guys, to just keep taking steps towards it because someday soon you'll be sitting. Like this is the one thing I had on my calendar today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> by the way, is this conversation, and I just want that feeling for everybody. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Thank you guys so much. I will uh, talk to you next time. Thank you, Amy. And we'll see you soon. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the Aligned Entrepreneur Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or you got value from it, it would mean the world to me if you'd share it on your Instagram stories and give the podcast a five-star review, which helps me to get this message out into the ears and the hearts of those who can benefit from it. And I'll see you guys next episode.